the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. How about four nineteen a gallon? Okay, would you settle for three ninety four? Actually, three ninety four a gallon sounds pretty good at this point. Uh, the big guy made the big announcement today about releasing oil reserves, and when he was asked about how much it might do to reduce gas prices. He said there's no way of knowing and that it will take uh, weeks or months before it really takes effect. And then he said it might be anywhere from $0.10 a gallon to $0.35 a gallon. So how do you feel about waiting, I don't know, a couple of months to save a buck and a half when you fill up your tank? He's also promising to do other things like, of course, punish the oil companies and, you know, probably make them pay more to get the oil out of the ground. It's all unbelievably stupid and unnecessary, as I'm sure you know. But it's also nice to know that you have someone as sharp as Nancy with the laughing face to sum it all up for you. We cannot allow the fossil fuel industry to use this as an excuse to reverse everything we're doing to save the planet. One of the things I think that the president may say, I don't have this as a fact, is that we will use the um, Defense Production Act to speed up uh, diversification uh, so that we're not so dependent on oil. Yeah, that'll work. Thanks, Nancy. She's actually second in line to replace Biden if something were to happen to him. And think about the inability of the big guy, Kamala Harris, and that idiot to put together a sentence that makes any sense at all. And the fact that they're the most powerful people in our federal government right now. How did we get to this point? Well, when we come back after the break, I'll be talking to James Taylor. He's been on here uh, before several times. He's the president of Heartland Institute. He's a good guy to have on to explain what the release of 180 million bears of oil, barrels of oil uh, might mean to us and, you know, how much it's going to help with the cost of gas, which is probably not much, as I just said. Anyway, I'm going to make a prediction and say that he'll say it's a waste of time and really stupid, but we'll see. And in our second half hour, something new for this show, I am going to be talking to the first Marxist ever to appear here. He's the co-founder of a new magazine called Compact Magazine. His two co-founders are religious conservatives. Should be an interesting magazine and an interesting conversation. Stick around. I have two dogs, Sam and Bailey. Both are golden retrievers. Poor Sam, he was a mess. Always itching. His paws were soaking wet all day from just constant licking. He had bald spots on his back. I just don't like putting shots and steroids into your dog all the time. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Dynavite is nutrition. Probably two weeks after he started Dynavite, I started seeing great improvements. And today, 99% of his issues are non-existent. It's amazing stuff. Since Bailey has been 12 weeks old, he's been a Dynavite dog. And he has zero issues today. He won't eat his food without Dynavite. When I get out the Dynavite, my dogs actually salivate. Like I'm getting them a treat. They drool over it. Dynavite is the best thing you can do for your dog. You won't believe how happy your dog will be. I get my Dynavite from D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Balance of Nature. Changing the world one life at a time. I'm a physician and I still see patients every day. And, you know, so I tell my patients about this. And they ask me, what are you taking? And so I tell them, taking Balance of Nature. And they go, oh yeah, I've heard about that. You know, so I tell them how to get it. I give them your telephone number, 2468751, and I tell them, call this number, and I said, they'll, they'll take care of you after that. So, you know, I mean, I, I'm primary care. You know, I really think that it works well for, for people to have fruits and vegetables. 
Start your journey to better health with Balance of Nature right now. Call 1-800-246-8751 or go to balanceofnature.com for more information or to place your order. Shipping is always free. And don't forget to get 35% off your first order as a preferred customer by using discount code BALANCE. This view was worth a hike. Right? And it's a good way to stay on top of my health. Yes, I'm Cologuard, a prescription colon cancer screening option for people 45 plus at average risk. Have you screened for colon cancer? Not yet. Don't wait. It's more treatable when caught in early stages. Tell me more. Cologuard is non-invasive and it's used at home. It detects altered DNA in your stool to find 92% of colon cancers. 92%? Yep, even those in early stages. This was seen in a clinical study with patients 50 and older. Any positive results should be followed by a diagnostic colonoscopy. False positive and negative results may occur. Cologuard is not a replacement for colonoscopy in high-risk patients. Do not use if you have had adenomas, have inflammatory bowel disease and certain hereditary syndromes, or a personal or family history of colon cancer. Most insured patients pay $0. Ask your provider or an online prescriber if Cologuard is right for you. Or visit Cologuard.com. I'm in. Let me ask you, what does your perfect wedding day look like? I'll bet you've imagined it over and over again. The crisp spring air, the fresh grass giving way beneath you as you walk towards your future, surrounded by the people you love the most. So what's in the way of you believing it's possible for you to have it? Are you believing the lie that you are meant to be alone? Or maybe you don't know what a Christian romance should look like or where to find it. Hi, I'm Jackie Dorman, and I invite you to join me in my free Married in 12 Months Challenge, where you will discover your heart's desire of a loving marriage. In this challenge, I'll teach you why now's your time to find love, what are the lies that are holding you back, why God wants you married, the biblical law of attraction, and the tools to become a bride. Don't wait any longer. Just sign up for my free Married in 12 Months 5-Day Challenge at lovestories.com and you can start your journey to find that lasting loving relationship now. Join me at lovestories.com. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Hey, the big guy made some history today. He announced the release of oil from the U.S. reserves, and he also, as CNN puts it, uh, announced several steps his administration will take to punish oil companies for not increasing production from unused leases on federal land. Of course, we've all been punished with ridiculously high gas prices by this moron for a while now. James Taylor is president of the Heartland Institute. He's here to tell us how good any of this will do for us. James, thanks for being here. I have a feeling you're not going to say, you're going to say not much, and I can say goodbye right now, but let's go into a little (laughs) deeper than that. Oh, my goodness. Uh, It's just amazing the the way that uh, this administration tries to make fiction uh, fact in fact fiction. The fact of the matter is, if you believe in protecting the environment, why are you encouraging, indeed forcing oil companies to drill on leases where there's no oil? I don't get it. Yeah, well, uh, how about the history, though? Um, The release of the reserves um, that's being called history-making. Is that because of the amount that will be released, or is it because it's uh, the the purpose for which it's being released? What do you think it is? Well, the amount that's being released, uh, a million uh, barrels per day, uh, that that's a lot by standards of the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. It's still only about maybe a little more than 1% of global oil production. So it's going to have a very minimal impact on prices, and yet it's going to drain our strategic uh, reserve, which was put in place not to play back and forth with prices of oil, but to have as a, as a strategic reserve, uh, primarily for our military, if we ever run into a, a situation where we have oil shortages. And that was my next question. What is the reserve supposed to be for? Uh, it's not supposed to be, I don't think, to cover the behind of a president who made the stupid mistake of reducing oil production so that we run out of gasoline. Right. The strategic oil reserve was uh, put into place as a result of the OPEC oil shocks when we were so heavily dependent on Mideast oil production. It became obsolete because of fracking, a revolution in horizontal drilling that allowed U.S. energy production and U.S. oil production in particular uh, to become among and at one point even the world's leader. But once again, it's because the Biden administration is doing everything possible to shut down American oil production. Therefore, this is the worst time to to be draining our strategic petroleum reserve at a time when we might actually need it again. 
<laughs> well, uh, Biden blamed Putin for the high prices. He said, quote, uh, your budgets to fill a tank, none of it should hinge on whether a dictator declares war. Does anybody with a brain think that these high prices just showed up when Russia showed up in Ukraine a month ago? Energy prices and especially oil prices began rising quite steadily, <laughs> literally from the day Joe Biden took office. Uh, uh, policies have consequences. Elections have consequences. When you elect a person who says he is going to do everything to shut down uh, American energy production and instead switch to wind and solar power, well, then those uh, policies uh, ha have impact. Yes, indeed, Putin's war in Ukraine has exacerbated the increase in oil prices, but it didn't begin there and it wouldn't have ended uh, if the war had never started. Yeah, that, that's another thing I was just going to ask you. Um, <clears throat> And I know you don't. Nobody knows the answer to this, but just to, to speculate, um, let's say there was no war, uh, and and Russia didn't invade Ukraine uh, a little over a month ago. Where would where would we be right now? Would we still be at four dollars a gallon? And what would be the prospect of that getting any better, based on what you've seen so far? Eliminating the war well, from the whole uh, picture. Yeah, before uh, the invasion of Ukraine, gasoline prices here in the United States were still about three and a half dollars a gallon, which was much higher uh, than had been the case under the Trump administration. Uh, they probably would have risen somewhat since then because that's what Biden's energy policies do. They wouldn't quite be four and a half dollars per gallon, but they would still be unacceptably high and much higher uh, than was the case uh, during the Trump administration. And he said uh, today when he, I think, I guess it was today, when he, when he announced this, uh, the release of this uh, oil, uh, he was asked about what, what it's going to do to gas prices. He said, well, there's really no way of knowing uh, it is going to take a while. But he said it could be anywhere from 10 cents to 35 cents a gallon. Now, think about if he goes through all this and gas prices come down, I don't know, 12 cents a gallon. So somebody's now here in Pennsylvania paying four seventeen a gallon instead of four twenty nine. So you're, it, it costs you an extra. It costs you about a dollar less to fill up your tank after all this. Is that what we're possibly looking at here? Well, here here's the problem though with his analysis is that even if yes, draining our strategic petroleum reserve, which by the way will have to be filled up at some point in the future. Uh, to replenish this, so gasoline prices will have to go higher by the same amount eventually. But even though you might have a very small dip in gasoline prices right now, if you have the cumulative impact of Joe Biden's energy policies being to raise gasoline prices by 20, 30, 40, 50%, this drawing down of the, of the Strategic Petroleum Reserve is going to be overwhelmed by the continuation of the energy inflation policies of the Joe Biden administration. Let me, let me go back to what you just said there, so people can, can understand this. They've, they've drained the oil reserves to lower the price of gas, but you have to, if, the, if the idea is to have those reserves reserved, then you've got to fill them back up again. So does that increase the demand to the point, uh, and, and, have, has that, and does that then uh, go up against the supply to create high prices again? Is that what you're saying? Right. It's going to result in an unnecessary increase in gasoline prices later. And the theory of this is that when prices are high, you sell it off. And when prices are low, you buy it up. But we don't always have perfect knowledge and perfect anticipation of what prices are going to do. Plus, we don't know when we're going to need the reserve. If we're using the reserve to play games with energy economics, we're doing so at the risk of the core reason why the Strategic Petroleum Reserve was created, which is to always have a large amount of oil available in case of a crisis. So yes, getting back to the point of the question, will it marginally reduce gasoline prices in the short term? Yes. Will it result in the same amount being increased in gasoline prices at some point in the future? Yes. We're talking to James Taylor. He's president of the Heartland Institute, uh, and uh, Joe Biden announced the release of the oil reserves, 180, billion, 180 million barrels, um, and he, he blamed uh, Putin for that, as we said, but he said the 180 million barrels would act as a wartime bridge. A bridge to what, and how long will this 180 million barrels last? 
Well, first of all, it's, we're not at war. I mean, the wartime bridge, perhaps of, of the impact on, on uh, prices from a, a war overseas. Yeah. But it's also rather coincidental that he announces this for six months, or in other words, right up pretty much until the 2022 midterm elections. Right. So that prices won't be fully reflecting the impact of the Biden administration's anti-American energy policies. Uh, and, and this is the way things tend to go, unfortunately, with the Joe Biden, Barack Obama, Bill Clinton type uh, political machine where everything is determined by politics, not by principle. Yeah, um, and here's what else he said. This is a quote. American companies should, uh, take ad- should, could, should take advantage of a pandemic or Vladimir Putin's actions to enrich themselves at the expense of American families, investing those profits in production and innovation, that's what they should do, invest in, our, in your customers. So he's saying that uh, the American companies, I think I said should, American companies should not take advantage of a pandemic, uh, and they should uh, invest in your customers, unquote. So it's the evil oil company's fault again, of course. Well, it's really interesting. When you look at the oil industry, uh, it's a very volatile industry with prices and production. Through the past three years, the oil industry has lost money. In other words, they've been working their tails off and paying us to do so and provide oil. For five of the past 10 years, the oil industry has lost money. Uh, What's interesting is if you look at the past decade as a whole, the rate of return on investment for oil companies has been about 5%, which is much lower than that of the American economy as a whole. Indeed, if the oil industry, instead of working hard to produce energy for us to power our country, if they had instead cumulatively pulled their resources and just invested in the stock market, they could have sat on their rear ends at home and made twice the money that they've been making producing energy for us. So to vilify the oil industry as greedy and profiteering off of a off of American citizens, is just the epitome of attacking the American people when really it's Biden's administrations that are truly to blame. And I know I've probably asked you this before, and, I, and it's never really possible to answer, but do you think, anyway, in your opinion, is this stupidity or is it willful that they know exactly what they're doing? Because it seems like it's hard to believe that anybody's this dumb. Yeah, it's a combination of the two. But I think it's more deliberate than stupidity. I've been debating um, global warming and energy policy against the environmental left for about 20 years. And time and time again, whether it's the quote-unquote scientists who believe in the climate crisis or the policy hacks at environmental activist groups, they've been saying, going back throughout that 20 years, what we really need is $10 gasoline. We need to do that to reduce uh, our utilization of oil and fossil fuels and to reduce emissions. Until we get to $10 gasoline, that's never going to happen. This is what the people who are advising the president and comprising the majority of his administration have always been seeking. Now they have an opportunity to effectuate it and blame Vladimir Putin at the same time. And it seems like, the, again, I, I, I just can't believe anybody's this stupid, but it seems like they, it, there could be people who are dumb enough. I mean, you, you look at somebody like Nancy Pelosi or Sandy Cortez, and it's, it's not hard to imagine them being dumb enough to think this but, or not understand this. But um, that, that if, if they got their wish of 8 or $10 a gallon, that they don't work into that formula, the idea that it might cost more for a loaf of bread because of that, or all the other costs that go up. They don't ever, I mean, they have to know that, but is, again, is it, it can't be stupidity, so it's got to be willful. By and large, it's willful. I think there's, there's stupidity in the sense that they talk themselves into believing their own propaganda at some point. But there's also this implicit admission that if you require $10 per gallon gasoline, for fossil fuels to no longer be economically advantageous over already heavily subsidized wind and solar power. That is their admission that wind and solar power, if we were to indeed switch over to it throughout our economy, would result in dramatic energy inflation, which would become inflation throughout the whole economy. And what about this quote? And we're talking to James Taylor, president of Heartland Institute. Uh, This is from uh, Biden. Uh, getting Congress to, quote, make companies pay fees on wells from their leases. And you mentioned this, but this is the quote. Make companies pay fees on wells from their leases that they haven't used in years and on acres of public lands that they are hoarding 
without producing. Isn't he the guy who's all for no oil being used? And now he's he's saying that for all these years that the oils have the oil companies haven't been producing enough because they've been hoarding it. Yeah, it's it's idiotic, uh, self um, uh, praising rhetoric on his part. The fact of the matter is, Americans energy producers, while we have more oil, coal, and natural gas than any other nation in the world, we cannot have the impact that OPEC has when they band together as a cartel. For oil companies, it makes sense economically, financially, profit-wise to produce more oil. That's why they continue to say, hey, take the shackles off, let us produce more. But the process is they have to bid on these leases before they know if there's any oil there or oil that's worth uh, recovering. They have to pay the government for the right to look at it. And then some of those, some of those leases that they, uh, some of the places that they lease, they go in after they, get the, after they uh, make the bid so they can access the lands and investigate, they say, oh, there's no oil. There's no oil. The Biden administration is playing this game, but they deliberately mislead the American people into believing that every single plot of land that's been leased is a whole well of oil that they're just sitting on. For some reason, they don't want to make money doing it. The reality is the Biden administration is trying to force oil companies to drill on lands where there is no oil. And if you truly are an environmentalist, why would you want to do that? It's solely for political gain. There's a lot of stupidity going around here. Now, of course, he said the solution to all this is electric cars, and he added lithium, uh, nickel, graphite, cobalt, manganese, is that how you pronounce that, to the the list of items covered by the 1950 Defense Production Act. Uh, What could go wrong there uh, with with them going after all those other minerals and and deciding that it's it's all going to be solved by batteries? (laughs) Well, the irony is that Joe Biden's environmental activist friends have long been vilifying miners and the production of those um, uh, minerals as being environmentally harmful. And even more so, the fact is that for most of these materials that we would need for wind power and solar power, especially for rare earth minerals, we have to get them from China. And we can put in, Joe Biden can put in all the executive orders he wants to try to increase production here at home, but it doesn't matter because still the vast majority is going to come from China. And if you look at things in the long run, Boy, I'll tell you what, as much as it's harmful and against our national security interests for us and the rest of the world to be reliant on oil, on Russia for oil and energy, it's even more dangerous to be reliant on China. And uh, Donald Trump, Trump uh, ripped the idea, of course. He says that after 50 years of being virtually empty, this is what he said, he, he built it up to 100% full and now it will be depleted again. Is he uh, overstating what he did, President Trump? No, he's not. And this is something that past administrations, the Obama administration, again, it's not a coincidence that when you had the Obama administration in power, price, energy prices, oil prices went up. Under Trump, they went down. Under Biden, they go up. The Obama administration, much like the Biden administration, when their policies created energy inflation, tried to mitigate that by playing fast and loose with our strategic petroleum reserve to cover the economic consequences of their own ill-fated and uh, ill-considered policy. Um, I don't think there's anybody who doesn't believe that the Democrats are going to be bounced out of uh, the House and the Senate in about eight months, whatever it is. Um, um, what, how much can that help? Or does it, is it going to take going to 2024 to get rid of the big guy before any, any real reversal of this stupidity could take place? Well, I think it'll take until 2024 because our current president won't even be aware of the fact that he doesn't control Congress anymore. I say that jokingly, but the fact of the matter is uh, the Biden administration is living this alternate reality uh, where it doesn't matter what the what the American people say. It doesn't matter what polls say. It won't matter what the midterm election results are. They are just uh, ideologically uh, committed to vilifying and fighting against American energy production. Yeah, and it uh, works because a lot of people will, are blaming the uh, will, are so quick to blame the, the oil companies. I got about thirty or forty seconds left here with James Taylor, president of the Heartland Institute. I'm going to put you on the spot here. How much are we going to be paying for a gallon of gas based on what you see today? In let's just say July, I'm going to guess about four eight gallons. We'll see how that works out. Hopefully, I'll be wrong and it won't be so bad, but. Boy, we're fighting these headwinds of Biden administration policies. Yeah, we had a little glitch there in our audio. You dropped out. What was the number you just threw out there? $4.80. That's my... Wow. Wow. 
Well, it's, we're 429 here. I hope, it, uh, I hope you're wrong, but I, I don't think you will be. I appreciate you coming on as always, James. Appreciate it. Thank you, John. Okay, that's James Taylor, president of the Heartland Institute, with all the bad news for you and doing a good job of summing up an unbelievable amount of stupidity. We'll be right back. With SRN News, I'm Jason Walker. We could see lower gasoline prices soon. President Biden ordering the release of one million barrels of oil per day from the nation's strategic petroleum reserve for six months. That in a bid to control energy prices. Ukraine's state-owned nuclear power company says Russian soldiers are leaving the damaged Chernobyl nuclear power plant. Operator says the quick exit comes after soldiers got, quote, significant doses of radiation from digging trenches at the highly contaminated site. In the meantime, NATO Secretary General says Russia simply can never be trusted. Severe storms in the south being blamed for at least two deaths, both in Florida, damage reported in parts of Louisiana, Mississippi, and Tennessee. This is SRN News. I'm about to compare a pepper shaker to a cash-out refinance. Hang with me. You know when you're at a restaurant and they ask, would you like some fresh ground pepper? And then they crank that giant tube, but almost nothing comes out? For me, only a certain amount of time is socially acceptable to wait. I know that getting that pepper out might make my life better, but it just seems too impossible. And that's what we hear people say about the cash-out refinance. People realize that the value of their home has gone up like hot pepper the last few years leaving all this extra money sitting inside their home. But is it too hard to get out? It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage. If you're interested in cashing out the extra pepper in your home, we're good at doing all the work while you just sit back and relax. And often, your mortgage payment and years in the loan will stay the same. If you'd like to hear about your options, we are United, United Faith Mortgage. Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Meadow Park Road, Melbourne, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to Animalist Consumer Access. Federal Corporate Animalist Number 1330. Equal housing lender. I license in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah. Hugh Hewitt sees a horrible mistake by the president. For God's sake, this man cannot remain power. All right, so that's actually a call for regime change. It's the gaff of all gaffes. It is the, you can't beat that gaff. Uh, calling for regime change in the middle of a war in which we're trying to de-escalate and trying to keep Ukraine alive. The Hugh Hewitt Show, weekday mornings at 6, right before Mike Gallagher at 9 on AM 1250. The Answer. Head out on the highway, a two powerful wheels. Riding season is around the corner and Pit Cycles has what you're looking for. This is John Steigerwald. Stop by Pit Cycles today for a huge selection of bikes from KTM, Indian, and Triumph. 114 models to choose from in a fun, pressure-free environment. With demand high and supply limited, now is the time to order. Pre-order today for just a dollar in Warrendale next to Jurgles or at PitCycles.com. Pit Cycles! Dr. Gorka here, and I want to talk to you for a minute about 100% drug-free Relief Factor. I've been taking Relief Factor for years now to help me deal with pain in my body. My wife takes it as well. The reason we tell everyone uh, we know about it is simple. We found it really works to help our bodies fight off the inflammation that causes aches and pains. Whether it's the pain of injuries you've sustained or just the natural pains from the mileage over the years, Relief Factor can help. I've never looked back. Almost 70% of the more than half a million people who have tried Relief Factor end up ordering more. That's because it works for them the way it works for me. Isn't it time for you to get out of pain? Your first step to becoming pain-free should be to order the three-week quick start for the discounted price of only $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF to find out more about this offer. That's relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF. Feel the difference. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. WPGP Pittsburgh. W223CS Pittsburgh. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or Odyssey. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer.
A crash cleared on the Parkway East outbound near Edgewood Swissvale is still jammed up from the Boulevard of the Allies. The Parkway East inbound barely moving Edgewood Swissvale to the Squirrel Hole Tunnel. Inbound again delays 2nd Avenue to the Fort Pitt Bridge. The Parkway West inbound that's jammed the Parkway Center Drive to the Fort Pitt Tunnel. Outbound delays Route 19 to Carnegie. 65 outbound barely moving Eckert Street to the McKees Rocks Bridge. And 51 outbound. That's jam-packed from Coleraine Street to Library Road. I'm Ann Evans, and that's a look at your traffic. AM 1250, the answer. Weather. We'll see cloudy skies tonight with a few late showers below 37. Tomorrow will be cooler with a few rain or snow showers. The high 44. Tomorrow night, partly cloudy skies, low 28. Saturday will be warmer with sun, followed by increasing clouds. The high 53. And a Saturday night, mostly cloudy skies with a passing shower, low 38. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Grace Miratori. This is the John Stackerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. Lots of interesting people are launching interesting websites or online magazines all the time, but you won't find too many that were founded by two religious conservatives and a Marxist. That's how the founders of Compact Mag have been uh, described. Edwin Aponte is the Marxist. He's also the editor, and he joins us now. Edwin, thanks for coming on the show. I appreciate it. Thanks for inviting me. So is that a fair description of you and your co-founders? Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, both uh, Sarab Lamari and Matthew Schmitz are religious Catholics, in fact. Um, and, and, and indeed, I am the non-religious Marxist. <laughs> okay. Um, so what kind of a magazine do you want Compact to be? Well... Sorry about that. I've got someone sparking here. Um, well, so the idea of the magazine is that uh, we are less interested in culture war so much as we are in economics and material interests, um, as well as non-interventionist foreign policy, which is something that is, is a combination that is hard to find both on the left by itself and on the right by itself. So uh, I've, I've seen it described as anti, um, anti-libertarian anti and anti-liberal it's kind of at the same time, is that? <laughs> that? That's exactly right. So, I mean, we, we are against the free market, boldly free market economics um, because of its so many deleterious effects. Um, likewise, we are opposed to the liberalism as a political arrangement post-enlightenment. Uh, not because we are opposed to liberal values, uh, in fact, because we hold liberal values so closely. Our contention is that liberalism has failed to live up to its own stated values. So we have to look forward to what might possibly come next. So are you, are you talking about classical liberalism or liberalism as That's we right. don't know? Yeah, classical liberalism. Yeah, as, as a political arrangement. Yeah, not the uh, colloquial liberalism that we talk about in the United States. That, that's a different issue. Yeah. So when I, when I, I don't know, I guess I, I include myself in this group, too. Maybe it's because I'm ignorant. But um, I think when most people hear Marxists, they think of Lenin, Stalin. I'm old. I think of Khrushchev pounding a shoe on the table at the U.N. <laughs> and Fidel Castro. Is that unfair? Uh, no, that's not unfair at all, because that's been the understanding of what Marxism has been historically. Like, that's, that's just literally true. Um, that said, I'm not necessarily interested in the, in, in, uh, the Soviet Union. Uh, I'm more interested in actual Marxism as a, um, as a social and political analysis, as it was originally. Um, those states were, you know, interpretations of Marxism or what one could do with Marxism. But, uh, you know, there's a distinct difference between the theory itself and the application of that theory. Where has the, that theory been a- applied successfully? Do, is, there, is there some place that you <laughs> can find? No, no nowhere. Nope. No? No, not at all. Nowhere. Not in history. No. Um, I've got a plane flying overhead here. I'm in oh. Brooklyn. Um, but no, no, historically, no, it has not. Um, but that is no reason to, you know, uh, not care about or not read about or think about uh, Marx's uh, analysis of, of history and how it moves forward. Um, He's also, you have to remember, Marx is not necessarily predictive. 
there's no Martin, there's no like political arrangement of Marxism. Marx basically just gave an analysis of how history works and how it might go in the future. Now, what people do take that and run with it is different. Um, it has many different permutations. Well, does did um, did Fidel Castro start out with the right idea as far as, as you're concerned? When it comes to what Marxism is, and then it, and then he became, he, he got out of control. Same thing. Could you say the same thing about Stalin uh, and the Soviet Union? That that it was a good idea gone bad in both cases. In, in your opinion, the I mean the impulse of uh, uh, Castro and Lenin. It's, it's interesting because they both were fighting against. In, in the case of Lenin, they were fighting against the Russian monarchy, uh, which had absolute control, and they were like, no, you know, we want the people to. Uh, to, to rule, you know, because the revolutions had already happened in France and America. Uh, likewise, in in Cuba, you had a class, the, the ruling class, that consolidated all the wealth on the island and exported it often to the United States. So they think they're fighting against exactly that exploitation, which is correct. It was exploitative. But what happened after you gate power and after a lot of capital flies from the island to the United States, because everybody with money ran, uh, that's a different thing, and that's a completely uh, different and difficult issue. Um, so they're like just causes, but and unpredictable uh, results, you know? Yeah, so, but how much power, this is, I think I've seen the magazine also, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you, it's, it's supposed to be a populist uh, magazine that you're, you're, um, you were editing, and you yeah. were one of the co-founders of. Um, how much room for populism is there in a Marxist society? <laughs> well, ideally, it would be all populist, um, because it would be basically everybody. Um, I mean, it would be a democratic system, ideally. That wouldn't change. You would have votes. You would have representatives. Um, Certain things might be different, uh, such as, for example, how a given company, instead of being owned by one person or a board, it would be owned collectively by everybody who works there. So everybody shares the dividend. That's like just one small example of how it would work. Um, but it would, you can still have a democratic society just like that. Um, but the sort of populism that we are interested in is the type that was expressed by, say, the Canadian truckers recently. Mm-hmm. Um, these are people reacting to um, a, 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 a exploitation of their like of their material well being, which is to say, they if they were not vaccinated, they could not do their job. They could not cross the border. Um, so more than just freedom that they were fighting for, they were fighting for their ability to make money and to live in in the society. Um, and I think that most people feel that way. And you don't necessarily have to be a left winger or right winger or a Marxist or a Catholic to understand that. So it's sort of on those terms that we are hoping, hoping at least to find common ground and move forward with some sort of a conversation. We're talking to Edwin Aponte. He's the uh, one of the co-founders and the editor of uh, a magazine, new magazine called Compact. Um, and um, I, 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 you would not you, sorry, you would not be upset if someone referred to Compact, Compact as a radical publication? <laughs> no, no, we call it a radical publication. It's kind of funny. Um, we thought it was funny because usually a uh, something radical, you think of left wing immediately. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, <laughs> um, so it's radical only in that it, it, it's um, it's a diametrically opposed to everything that is a consensus or status quo right now. Um, <laughs> But it's yeah, but it's not actually extreme. That's the irony. It's actually very middle of the road and, and about issues and, and things that most people actually at the end of the day care about. And where do people find compactmag.com, dot com? Is that it? That's right. Uh, spelled C O M P A C T M A G dot com. Compactmag dot com. Okay. And how do two religious conservatives and a Marxist get along <laughs> at editorial meetings? How does that go? So- <laughs> How does it go? It goes fine. Um, we all, you know, uh, edit and vote on. I guess we don't really vote, but every article, every decision is just like a conversation between the three of us, like anybody else, like any other group of people. Um, 
Yeah, not not nearly as much tension as uh, uh, one would expect. But you, you it's, have, it's going well so far. Yeah, you, yeah, you're you've, you're still in existence here. What did you've had? You've had two weeks and you haven't killed each other yet. It's been an entire two weeks. Yeah, can you believe it? <laughs> We're still alive. But but uh, as uh, when you when you start a publication like this, um, do you in order to to uh, be happy and to 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 achieve your objectives? You have to have an agenda. Is there any reason to apologize for a publication having an agenda? And, and do you have one? No. I mean, most publications have an editorial line, mm-hmm. right? Like, these are our positions on a given issue. Um, yeah. I'm not sure if that's what you mean by an agenda. Um, no, I, yeah, I but, think that's kind of what I mean. And, and I guess it's if you're going to have two religious conservatives and a Marxist, it's kind of hard to come up with an agenda that is... A, you know, one agenda. It's, it's a lot of agendas. <laughs> okay, so, very well. Um, so in our case, uh, we are in favor of at least some sort of a social democratic state, mm-hmm. which is to say a state that has robust, um, uh, uh, um, uh, I, I, maybe you could call it like a, a welfare state or something that has, has a, a greater amenities for people, health care, mm-hmm. uh, Work leave, paternity leave, maternity leave, vacation, uh, higher wages. Like these things are just like the purely, purely material things that people have to deal with during in their working lives. Um, yeah, you, aside from that, culturally is where we differ. We both have like, but the point is that we are not interested in any of the cultural stuff. In terms of our agenda, we are really only concerned about those bread and butter material issues. So, you know, if you're talking about abortion um, and you have two Catholics and a Marxist, what's that conversation like? <laughs> no, yeah, it's interesting. So where do we come together on abortion? So they think abortion should be illegal. Um, uh, it should be illegal, you, know, you say? Per- or legal? Yeah. Illegal. Illegal. Okay. They believe it should be illegal. I believe it should be legal as a medical procedure. So how do we, like, where do we meet? So the idea would be if a given society could be arranged so that people are less likely to need abortions. Mm -hmm. For example, they would have more money to get by. Uh, They would be more likely to be in a stable, have a stable partner. Um, If those conditions are such, there's just less, there's just less of a need for it. So the abortion rate actually goes down. So, in a way, we both kind of get what we want. Um, the procedure still stays legal, which for me is good. And for them, you know, it's just fewer murdering of, of children, um, which I actually do believe that it is, you know, actual killing. Uh, but wait, was that, was so say that, that again. Is, no, wait yeah. a minute. <laughs> um, I, I got to stop. You, you think yeah. abortion is, mur- is killing of children, but you're OK with it. Yeah, because we make those decisions all the time. We send soldiers off to war mm-hmm. to die. Um, we make decisions. Well, in the with, case of the United States, know, they, they joined. Go- they joined yeah. voluntarily. They had something to say about it. Quite right, but they die, and we're okay with it. But the mm-hmm. point is that um, we should be able to make those decisions as as much as they're they don't feel good. We should at least be allowed to do that. Mm-hmm. Well. Uh, uh, that's and great. you don't ha- and one doesn't have to like it, you know. Mm-hmm. Like it's yeah, so. Well, um, I I, I got to ask you this too. You had a piece up a, a few days ago with this headline: "The unbearable phoniness of the free speech wars." Uh, do liberals and conservatives contribute equally to what you perceive as this phoniness? Yeah, because they are both essentially liberals, right? What we call liberals, the left, and what we call conservatives, the right. Both of those are just the left and right wing of liberalism. Um, so yeah, they're, they're both, it's basically like a yin and a yang. They're both operating within this circular structure. Um, when one group is on top, they will call for the, uh, censorship of in in whatever way doesn't, doesn't necessarily have to be like banning books. Um, often it's socially pushed, uh, when that group is out of power, then the conservatives are on top and they do the same thing. Um, yeah, it's just circular. The whole thing is a circus. What about the mix of columnists at CompactMag.com? Uh, uh, do they come from all over the political spectrum, too? Oh, for sure. Yeah, we have, um, gosh, uh, Patrick Deneen, Adrian Vermeule. Those guys are both, like, Catholic in- integralists. Uh, 
We have trained Marxists such as Ashley Frowley, who's a professor in the UK. Um, it's, it is actually, it's a group of left-right people who, like me and my uh, compatriots, agree on the issues the same way, the material, the same, materially the same way that we do. It's, it's really been a breath of fresh air. And it's also just been very confusing for a lot of people as well. <laughs> well, uh, you've referred to yourself as, uh, as post-left. What do you mean by that? Yeah, um, gosh, that wasn't a that wasn't a, a, a name that I was very uh, deliberate in coining. Um, I think what I was trying to express was a separation from the left as it currently is composed right now. I, I understood something was not right. They weren't. They were focusing on culture war. They were fo- focusing on. Uh, you know, transgender issues and, and things that, which, you know, fine in and of itself, if, if that's what you, you know, believe or support. Um, but for a an actual left project, you have to focus on material things, those bread and butter things. So, so in trying to separate from that, um, post-left is like the best I could come up with. And aside from getting lots of readers and financial success, I'm assuming both of those are important to you, um, how are you going to measure the success of Compact Mag? Uh, its existence. Um, you know, how, <laughs> well, how I much guess that's you, the case how, with any, how, any uh, right. startup, I guess, like this, right? You just want to survive first. Quite right, but also, like, how, how does a magazine change the world? You know, mm-hmm. all we can do is talk about it, uh, create the historical record, maybe change some minds. If we get lucky, some politician will read an article and be like, huh, that's interesting. <laughs> Maybe yeah. we'll, like consult on a, on a bill in Congress. Um, but that's the kind of the extent of it. We, we, we are not the engines of history. We are, we are just the, the observers. Well, Edwin, uh, good luck with it. It's Edwin Aponte, and the, uh, the magazine is Compact Mag. And Compact Magazine, you can find it at compactmag.com. Stay safe in those editorial meetings, and I hope to have you on again. Thanks so much. I will, I will try my best. All right. We'll be right back. <laughs> Spring cleaning is upon us, but there's one meaningful box that you don't throw away when cleaning out your closet. It's the box filled with your family's important videotapes, film reels, and photos. Hi, I'm Adam Baselogger. And I'm Nick Mako. We started Legacy Box over a decade ago to help families organize and update their analog media to digital. Legacy Box is simple and easy. It works and is safe. Over a million families have trusted Legacy Box. And Legacy Box has been featured in Good Housekeeping, The Today Show, and Rachel Ray. Legacy Box is like magic, converting your shoebox of memories to the cloud or thumb drive, ready to watch and share. Declutter your closet by digitizing your media. Become more organized and accomplished, knowing your family's recorded past is safe forever. Take advantage of our spring cleaning sale going on now. It's the easiest task to check off your to-do list. Go to LegacyBox.com slash LBOX to get an incredible 50% off your Legacy Box. That's LegacyBox.com slash LBOX for 50% off while supplies last. LegacyBox.com slash LBOX. This is Sebastian Gorka, and I want to invite you to join me for a powerful travel opportunity that will likely become the highlight of your year. I'm headed to Israel in November 2022 for a 10-day Stand with Israel tour of the key sites and best places meant to give you an unprecedented view of a world you've likely only read or heard about. Together, we'll uncover key geopolitical insights as we unpack Israel's significance on the world stage. You'll return home empowered by the experience. If you ever dreamt of visiting Israel, this is your opportunity. Come with me in 2022. For more information, call 855 565 5519 or book online at standwithisraeltour.com 855-565-5519 or standwithisraeltour.com I'm about to compare a pepper shaker to a cash out refinance. Hang with me. You know when you're at a restaurant and they ask, would you like some fresh ground pepper? And then they crank that giant tube but almost nothing comes out? For me, only a certain amount of time is socially acceptable to wait. I know that getting that pepper out might make my life better, but it just seems too impossible. And that's what we hear people say about the cash out refinance. People realize that the value of their home has gone up like hot pepper the last few years. 
leaving all this extra money sitting inside their home. But is it too hard to get out? It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage. If you're interested in cashing out the extra pepper in your home, we're good at doing all the work while you just sit back and relax. And often, your mortgage payment and years in the loan will stay the same. If you'd like to hear about your options, we are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Middle Park Road, Melbourne, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to AnimalistConsumerAccess.org. Corporate Animalist number 1330. Equal housing lender. I license in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah. The John Steigerwall Show. AM 1250, The Answer. So that was a first for me. If you were listening to our last segment, uh, a guy said that he's okay with abortion, even though he knows it involves killing a baby. Um, now, if you're listening and you're wondering why I didn't jump all over that, I did. I did kind of. It, uh, it made me pause and ask him to clarify that. Um, this guy's a Marxist, and I brought him on. I, I, I'm glad I did. But I don't do that kind of show where I invite somebody to come on like that and then I rip them and and have a debate and we scream at each other. That's not what I I, I like to do. Um, and I rather than do that, I ask this guy questions. I let him answer and he exposes himself. And that's what that guy. He seems like a pretty nice guy. I think he's pretty young. I, I wasn't able to find out his age. I didn't ask him. But looking at his uh, some stuff on Google and where he went to college and when he did. I'd say he's in his uh, early 30s, maybe. Uh, so he's got a lot to learn, um, and he's uh, he's obviously completely wrong about Marxism and where it's going. But uh, I, I just think by by giving him a chance, I exposed who he is, and he can live with that, and you can live with it, and you can judge him as you will. Yeah, yeah, and and I before I go, I have to do this because Mike was just reminding me on the other side of the glass there. Um, this has nothing to do with what we talked about in the last few minutes. Here is Kamala. Do we have time? Go. We also recognize, <laughs> just as it has been in the United States for Jamaica, one of the issues that has been presented as an issue that is economic in the way of its impact has been the pandemic. So to that end, we are announcing today also that we will assist Jamaica in COVID recovery um, by assisting in terms of the recovery efforts in Jamaica that have been essential to, I believe, what is necessary to strengthen not only uh, the the issue of public health, but also the economy. That was a word salad. She's talking about Jamaica. She does it all the time. Makes no sense. Talk to you tomorrow. John Steigerwald Show is a production of the Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. 